Hey guys, welcome to episode number four of the Better Fitness and Lifestyle podcast. I'm your host, Brad Tillery. And guys, I'm here today with my buddy and friend, Michael Perkins, over at Inspire Physical Therapy. He's been practicing over 18 years as a physical therapist and is here to share um, his insights, his wisdom as he's been working with folks um, in the areas of getting well and recovering from injuries and things like that. So we are super excited to uh, to hear from you today, Michael. I'm really, really, really pumped. All right, so let's get into it. Let's say someone's a fitness enthusiast. They enjoy exercising, going to the gym. What are some of the common things that you see or common mistakes people make? Is it is it doing too much too soon? Is it training too often? Um, what do you see when you see folks come in that are they're experiencing some training style injuries? Well, thanks. So, you know, first of all, thanks for having me here. I'm excited. Uh, love Brad and the work he does is great and everybody speaks highly of him and I see that and uh, I just want to say thanks for having me. So, uh, you know, I think that the thing that I see most often is that people either try to unfairly uh, keep up with they think with what they think they should do. Like the the guy who says, you know, the guy who comes into my clinic who's sixty and says, well, you know, I used to be able to bench press four hundred pounds, and I think, man, that was you know forty years ago. So let's don't don't compare ourselves to ourselves. So that's unfair, and so they try to to do things that are unrealistic or things they used to be able to do, and they absolutely cannot do anymore, and don't need to try to start uh, anywhere near that. Uh, the other thing that I see is that they, yes, training errors, which a training error, training error just really is defined as basically, uh, like you said, too much too soon or something that your body's not ready for. So we'll have somebody who, let's say they're a runner and their body is used to running two miles. They've run two miles for the last, you know, uh, six months and it's a beautiful day and they go out and they decide to run eight miles. <laughs> So the, the, a big jump, that's right. And so we see people make that mistake quite often. That's probably the biggest mistake that we see people make as far as training errors is trying to do uh, more, a bigger jump than what their body's ready for, whether it be weightlifting or running, you know, distance running uh, or anything like that. That's what we see a lot of. Yeah. And I've even seen, you know, since my injury, you know, speaking for someone who's working through an injury right now, it's so easy to go back to what you used to do like well I used to do x y and z I'm I should be able to pick that right up and so yeah that's a really common common mistake and it's humbling in some ways to kind of step back and realize that I need to start back at step one or two instead of going to seven eight nine so that's a really good that's a really good point well let's say um, someone out there listening um, goes to a, a traditional gym big box gym they design their own workouts they kind of lay things out you know, day to day, week to week in terms of what they're doing. Um, Don't have a professional like lining out a program for them. What are some of the things that you see that are often neglected in, in kind of laying out a training plan? So this is a good one. This is a good question. And this is an easy one. Uh, I'm sure you believe this too, that really fitness starts kind of in the heart and at the core, so to speak. So, um, you know, with nutrition and starting, you know, from basically your, your, your core and kind of working your way out um, to the extremities from there. So I tell my patients all the time, 
you are like a tree. You're only as strong as your trunk. So we're very interested in the appendages or the um, the, the branches. <laughs> you know, we want to make those look good so that we can look good on the beach. We want, you know, big biceps and things that people will comment on. Ooh, that, that guy looks pretty good. That guy looks pretty good. But the truth is, if we're putting in the work, putting in the work for with our core and kind of working our way out from there, uh, it's a great, great deal of injuries can be avoided. So I think the biggest thing is just people that are really wanting to jump into uh, the exercise and the activities that make them look good in a bathing suit, so to speak, uh, and not willing to put in the work um, at the core. And the, the thing that's important to remember about that is that there's just so many components to the core. Certainly the, the deepest abdominal musculature, the transversus abdominis, and that sort of thing. So they're going for, you know, the six-pack, which are more the superficial or the top layers of the, the, um, the musculature in your abdominals. But really the deep layers of, of the musculature, the multifidus, the, which are the muscles kind of on the backside, attached to your spine. And so um, the muscles of the core that are really important to consider, you actually can't really see. <laughs> and that's hard for, to get sometimes to get people, uh, get that through their head and convince them of that. But those, those things are, are important and those things are mistakes that I see. Yeah. And we've kind of seen the same thing. When someone comes in, the, the initial concern is a certain area. So maybe it's the hips or maybe it's the arms or they want a bigger chest or or thinner legs. It's, it's really kind of coming to a place of knowing you can't really spot reduce. You can't take a muscle and just isolate the heck out of it and, and really make a change. It's, it's going much bigger than that. And like you mentioned, nutrition and core training, it's just very much a holistic process of, of making the whole body as a whole transform. So that's a great, that's a great point. Something that a lot of people will, will miss out on from time to time. Um, so walk me through the psyche of an injured person. Um, what are they thinking? What are they feeling? You know, you see a lot of folks and I've, I've been at your clinic, you know, several times over the last three months. Um, you know, you work with a lot of people that are hurting, um, how would you encourage them through that journey? So this may be one of my favorite questions. One of the, the things that a bless, is a blessing for me in my job, really, because I really consider it a ministry, uh, is helping people through the psychological aspect of injury and then recovery or surgery and then recovery. So people walk in our door and they are downcast and their countenance has fallen and they are uh, saddened and, you know, depressed sometimes, anxious, you know, scared, all these emotions that they come with. And so there's not only the issue that they had surgery for, but there's kind of the baggage of the emotion, the, the emotions of it all, so to speak. And that's a big deal because there is there is so much that goes into kind of the the, the uh, psyche of healing, so to speak, and just kind of having a positive attitude and being ready to work and be exciting about being excited about working hard and doing better and s- really celebrating small victories, which is a huge deal in physical therapy. Uh, I always say physical therapy is a, a crock pot not a microwave. You've probably heard me say that a few times, but it is, it is a process. And so uh, when people come in, we really try to just meet them where they're at. You know, I, you know, my, my belief is in Christ. And so I want to be like Jesus and just love them right where they're at. And so, and so we, we are very, um, uh, very sensitive to that and, uh, want to meet them in that place. So anyway, I think the, the to get the heart of the, your question and the answer to your question uh, people are scared. I mean, because they, you know, if they're younger, they think they're invincible and they're doing a deadlift at the gym or something and, and really hurt themselves. And that's kind of a big blow. Hey, not only are you not invincible, you've really injured yourself here. Um, a lot of times, uh, middle-aged folks like me are realizing that, uh, 
you know, you're not quite invincible, but yet you can, you know, still get out and do some pretty active things and, you know, you're still within striking distance, so to speak. So that's good. Uh, and so we, we understand that we need to kind of swallow our pride a little bit when we get injured. But we're still kind of in that middle point where we need some coaching through that. And then, uh, you know, elder, elderly folks realize that they're absolutely not invincible. And so that's they're starting to see some, uh, you know, um, some real truth about you really need to be careful <laughs> the way that you, um, you know, work out your, you know, not only work out, but, but you know, you perform your activities of daily living and you know for back patients how you bend and lift and twist and, and there's just um, a, a lot that is important for them to think through before they do an activity they need to kind of think through what they're going to do and how they're going to use it and how they're going to do it using good uh, you know st- strategies with body mechanics and um, postural awareness and things like that so you know I, I think that, that the the kind of the nuggets if you will in answer to your question are um, be um, excited and, you know, celebrate small victories, you know, as you're recovering. Be patient because they will be small victories and they will be slow to come. Uh, and then um, when you do, you know, reach that finish line and, you know, discharge from therapy or your doctor clears you to do your activities again, just going through those activities, um, you know, excitedly but slowly, slow but sure, so to speak. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that I really love about your clinic is that, you know, you and I have been friends for you know, probably close to 10 years and it's only been recently I've been able to kind of step into your space and kind of see what you do and and how you relate. And I think it's, it's an incredible ministry and opportunity to be able to talk to people and work with them in these places where they are really, really low and they're hurting. And not only can you give them the technical help, you know, the ins and outs of, of being on the floor and kind of in the trenches with these people, but also to really care for their souls and kind of mentor them through that process. And that really is something special. And I, I think that I've appreciated that about you as someone who's going through an injury right now, that um, that's a really tough spot to be in, to have people that are that are hurting and have to really kind of care for their souls in addition to their actual injury and make the right calls on on how to progress with their, with their therapy. So, um I just want to tag one more thing. If you are a, if you're going through an injury, or especially if you're a loved one of somebody who's going through some recovering in in any way, uh, you know it is amazing to see how <laughs> God made us. People respond to encouragement. I mean, they just do. You believe in them. You pour into them. You know, you speak words of life over them. You encourage them, and they just almost always get better if they're if they're able to you know that just it, it is such a neat thing to see so you know we know that that makes good common sense but it is really neat to see that come to fruition and come to life when you just just continue and continue to hold somebody's hand to walk slowly th- through the the issue or hardship with them and just continue to heap encouragement on them so i just you know listeners i would just would encourage them to encourage it goes a long way. It really, really does. I've, I've seen that myself. Um, so I've been in your clinic several times over the last few months. And, you know, in Inspire Physical Therapy, there's people there of all ages. I've been on tables next to teenagers, next to folks in their 70s, maybe 80s. Um, you really do work with a very broad population. Um, what advice would you give, um, say, someone who's in their 20s to 30s, um, Kind of from the, from the things that you see, what would be your your words of wisdom to them? That's another really good question. Um, you know, for the young p- 
people, people in their 20s and 30s, I would say, number one, let's start on the road to good nutrition. Because, you know, when they're in high school, they are, and we see this all the time, they're in really good condition. They're, um, you know, in athletics. They are uh, burning so many calories. And then when they come to college, uh, they don't. They, they're not playing their sport that they played in high school. And so they're not at practice all the time. They have easy access food up on campus or fast food or whatever. And you, they gain the freshman 15 like we've always talked about. Um, so, you know, my first um, good word of advice would be let's start to eat for a better lifestyle. So I would start with that. And then, and then as far as, you know, maintaining health and, and working out and that sort of thing, I would, I would just go back to that. You're not, um, invincible, <laughs> you know, so many young people, especially young males, um, they want to jump right in with all their might. There's so many just neat chances to work out, you know, tough mutters and half marathons and warrior dash. There's all, all types of things that are going on that are really neat. And so they just, they, you know, they don't think much about the fact that you kind of have to train to, to do those things and you have to get your body ready to do those things. And so I see a lot of injuries with people who, who do certain activities and they're, they're just not ready. Their body's just not ready to do that. So just to, to educate them on kind of the proper ways to exercise, uh, in those, those early years. And, and, and I would say, you know, um, you want me to talk about forties and fifties maybe next, or we did, we said 20 and thirties. All right, we'll do forties and fifties. Let's go forties and fifties. Forties and fifties are, that's a, that's a key age because, so I'm, I'm 43. Okay. About to turn 44. So at my age, and I mentioned this a while ago, we're within striking distance. We can go still, you know, maybe run a half marathon or run a marathon or do, do some things. Um, but we are not 20. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I sprained my ankle playing with some high school kids playing basketball not too, too long ago. And it took me about three times longer. And I'm a physical therapist, so I, sh- I should know how to rehab myself, hopefully. So, um, it took me about three times longer to get that thing right again and so uh you know you know something about this too it just we are we are you know in in your 40s and your 50s you start to see the beginnings of osteoarthritic changes you start to feel the beginning so if you get up and go running in the morning instead of popping out of bed and just take off running or if you do that for about the first 100 200 300 yards you think man i've got to kind of get the the creeks out here now you're still running and it's 5 30 more that's pretty good but um there's some, some, some cobwebs you got to work out at 40 or at 50, uh, which were not there when you're, when you're 20. So, um, elasticity of your mus- musculature, you start to see some of that really start to take a hit at those ages. And so flexibility, huge deal. And it's really a, a huge deal for anybody. You will have so many less injuries, um, if you're more flexible, you know, the studies are showing that after the age of 35, you need to hold your stretches for a full minute, a full 60 seconds. And that is a mistake that almost everybody makes because it's pretty boring to hold a stretch for that long. So um, at those ages, we need to start holding our stretches a little bit longer. We need to start um, being aware that it's probably not the best thing to feel like we have to max out all the time. Um, that's just not the best for those joints that are starting to feel the effects uh, of osteoarthritic changes and that sort of thing. There's different grades of osteoarthritis, so we don't have the worst grades where you would need, usually need a knee replacement, that sort of thing. Um, it maybe at the end of your 50s, you you would start to feel that, but um, you 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 do start to realize, you know what? I, I just need to be aware, a little more aware, a little bit more aware of what my body's telling me. Yeah. You know, we see at our facility, kind of like yours, we see people of all ages, um, you know, from kids up through, you know, folks in their elderly. What would you tell that person who is 60 and over? Um, what kind of changes are going 
on in their body? What, where are they at psychologically? What, what advice would you give that person? So, and this is true for all ages, uh, you know, one of the things that I see, and I, I tell my elderly folks about this all the time, is to stay hydrated. Please continue to drink water. And, and you know, sometimes they have some electrolyte imbalances, so they may need some Gatorade or something. But usually if they'll just continue to, to drink more water, they'll have less cramps, they'll have less, and this is for younger population too, less um, muscle pulls, muscle you know, strains and that sort of thing. We'll see that start to change or we'll start to see more strains when it, the weather starts to heat up. This is Texas. And so um, so a lot of times I'll give my older um, uh, population, you know, stretches and things to do or even just some core exercise, some gentle bridges and things like that, and they'll start to get cramps down into their legs. And so, you know, it, we tell them, you know, first of all, stay hydrated. The, the second thing is certainly at that age, you know, 60 plus, um, we need to kind of have a different mindset in the way that we work out. We need to do things that we will continue to do because sometimes they'll, they'll get real excited and, and they'll start working out, but they'll do things that are unrealistic. You know, maybe for that age, it's, it's a little bit more realistic to, um, do lower impact activities, obviously, and not higher impact activities. So maybe, you know, walking at the mall is a little bit more fun than um, running, jogging in 95 degree heat on the concrete. Your joints will thank you. You know, you, when we work out at that age, we really want to focus more on this. We do this in rehab, but for the elderly population, this works for the gym too. High repetition, low weight, you know, 30 reps. We'd a lot rather them see 30 to 50 reps of something do 30 see them do 30 to 50 reps of something instead of six real heavy reps so very 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 manageable weight and to go slow and control nothing herky-jerky we're not doing a lot of high speed stuff um, because again the osteoarthritic changes really revolve around the cartilage uh, changes right so the cartilage are your buffer layers that God gave you in between your bones to to uh, give some padding so the bones aren't articulating or, or bumping into each other so to speak and so um, whenever you're working through range of motion slow and control what happens is synovial fluid which is I call it the God-given WD-40 right it's the lubricating fluid that nourishes and bathes our joints it pumps through there and so uh, that, that and that's a great thing because it brings not only range of motion increase, but relief of pain. And so those th those cobwebs that I was mentioning, you know, I have a lot of old timers say, I'm all stove up today. Um, you can you can work that out through just simple synovial fluid, which is, again, more slow and controlled um, or a non, you know, high impact type exercises. A lot of times it's better for them to get on a, you know, a bicycle or a recumbent stepper or even elliptical machine than it is to, again, try to pound the pavement and, and that sort of thing. Another thing that people don't think much ab enough about, I think, in my opinion, is uh, footwear, proper footwear. Um, and this is for any age, um, um, but certainly for, for elderly folks, you know, um, you know, footwear that holds you in the right, your foot and ankle in the right position. And we can get into some deep biomechanics, but the gist of it is you, you really, the alignment issues really start when your feet hit the ground. And so having really good supportive shoes that would keep you, your foot and ankle in a good position will then lead to better alignment at the knees and the hips and the low back. Uh, and it really makes a difference difference when people have good supportive shoes. So I would not uh, kind of skimp on shoes. I would actually pay some money and get some really good supportive shoes. Uh, and sometimes we even recommend over-the-counter inserts or orthotics to hold them on their foot and ankle in, in a good position. So that's important because, you know, is, again, with the elderly population, there's a lot of pounding that happens if they're not careful. But um, the right footwear can really, de and the strengthening the muscle girdles around the achy joints can decompressing shock absorbed for those achy joints so those are some hints for the elderly population yeah no that's great and you were talking about water 
you know, as we age, our thirst mechanism decreases. And so we might be as thirsty as we once were. And so water is not as appealing. And so it really becomes important to almost be on a schedule for your water consumption, you know, giving yourself goals of I'm going to knock out, you know, 60 ounces, 80 ounces of water a day um, and not rely on thirst because, again, the thirst mechanism will decrease, you know, as we as we age. And, you know, when we do our in-body scans here, we get to kind of see how much water is in the muscle. And so um, that we've seen that with our population over 60 is a lot of times they just don't have enough water in their body. And you can see some signs of dehydration in their in-body scans. So that's one thing to really, really keep an eye on. So, Michael, thank you so much. This was awesome. There's so much rich content in this, um, lots of nuggets of just wisdom and your experience. So thank you so much for, for coming on. Um, guys, if you enjoyed this, um, if you found this through social media, um, we would love it if you share this with um, your friends and family. Again, there's a lot of great information here. So if you think there's someone in your life that would benefit from this, please feel free to share that. Um, post their name in the comments or post it on your wall. Um, that would be a really big help for them because, again, there's a lot of great information in this podcast today. Um, guys, thank you for listening. We always enjoy um, hearing the feedback from you all, the things you want to hear. We've got a lot of great episodes planned, but if you have ideas for shows or have guests you'd love to see on the Better Fitness and Lifestyle podcast, please be sure to reach out to us and let us know. Guys, thank you all for listening today. We are so happy you gave us your ear. Um, If we can ever help you in the future, please let us know.